I almost walked into the shower with my underwear still on. And I, I was like, that has never happened to me up until then. So I'm like, what the, how the hell do I forget to get naked before I take a shower? <laughs> like, that makes no damn sense. Were you thinking of something prior to getting into the shower? I think what what happened was I was waiting for, because it was, it was still winter time. So I was waiting for the water to heat up a little bit. And so I was like on my phone. I took everything off except for just my underwear. And I was just, even though I'm in the bathroom by myself, like, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm I'm weird like that. I don't get naked before I get into the bathroom. I I like go into the bathroom fully clothed and then I declothe there. But um, I can feel the steam coming out of the shower. All right, let's hop in. And then sure enough, I just put my phone down. And then it, now it's like I got soaking wet underwear. And I'm like, oh, what the oh, hell? Wow. No, I've, I, I don't think I've done that before. Because I, I wonder if most people, I wonder if they just do normal things and they just get undressed in the bedroom and then head to the shower from there. I do. I just I just grab the boxers, chuck them on like where the toilet is, like area, just so that I know like when I get out of the shower, I just grab it from there. Every every now and again, like if I just cut my own hair, um, then I'll be pretty much the way naked, and then um, um, you'll be what <laughs> naked. <laughs> I need to put a hamper over on my husband's side of the bed. Hint hint. And I don't know how many times I've been like, look, I don't ask that much of you. Can you just put your clothes in the closet? At least if they have to be on the floor, let it be the closet floor. And I'll I'll add one of those little tiny basketball hoops. Yeah, you can. They make them. I want one. I got to tell you guys that this week, this upcoming week is lab week. So for all you listeners out there. So this upcoming week is lab week and they um, theme it every year. So like. The year, the like 2020, the year of COVID, we were, it was like superhero themed because we were like heroes of the lab or whatever, right? This year, they've themed it Saved by the Lab, like Saved by the Bell. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I like it. I went on Amazon and I bought butterfly clips. Ooh. Damn. I'm going to do the little like twisties that go back like this and then put the little clips and then the two little string bangs. Taking it way back. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Can't forget those, uh, those like rubber band bracelets. What about scrunchies? Scrunchies. Scrunchies. I remember in when I was in sixth grade, it was a thing. So this was like what 1990. I don't know, six or seven or something like that. Sounds about right. It was a thing to put your hair in like a bun and then see basically how many scrunchies you could put on it. The more scrunchies you fit on that bun, the cooler you were pretty much. I don't think I've ever seen that. That's crazy. I think it was like for for a friend of mine's church. They had a, a roller skating party at a skating rink. I miss those. I know. I almost want to just have like a good long conversation just about skating parties because, man, those are so awesome back in the Weren't day. Weren't they? Thank you. No one understands but me. I, I like to talk about because They I died remember, by the time I got to like middle school. For sixth grade, I asked mom. All I wanted for my birthday was to be able to go to the skating parties. That was all I wanted. Like that, that was my birthday present that year, sixth grade. So I kind of remember having a birthday party where, where we had a, a skating party over at Fiesta Village because they have an outdoor one. I just remember my cousin, he was like my same age and, and he was one of my favorite cousins, right? Like at the time, he... <laughs> We didn't even make it out to the damn rink. And this fool straight goes, whoop, and hits his head. Oh. And, like, for, like, an hour, he's like, whoop. 
and just like ruins it for majority of us because oh. everyone's like, oh, Jeffrey's hurt. No one can go on the skating rink because we're looking after Jeffrey. And I was just like, I want to, I want to go skate. I've, I've got my blades on. And oh my gosh, it was so stupid. And then he, he was fine. Nothing happy. He didn't have a cracked skull. Nothing. We'd then finally get out there. And I just remember us like racing each other and me crashing into the wall. Super, super fun. Skate, skating parties were great. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to Afflictionados Podcast, episode 24. My name is Eric, and the other voices occupying your head this time are a proud mother of three, lab geek, somebody's sister and co-host, Stephanie. Woo! And a special guest this time, a man who is always down a clown. He's a Rye guy, making his second appearance <laughs> on the show, Ryan. Yo, what's up? <laughs> Thank you to all the listeners out there for joining us. The show's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Castbox, whatever other streaming services are out there, pretty much everything. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You're making the shit up. <laughs> and we are on YouTube as well at Affliction Autos Podcast. So go check us out there. New episodes drop on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. This is a monthly podcast where we primarily talk about films that range from mind-numbing to mind-blowing. We also cover TV shows and other forms of media. Of course, we will be getting into spoilers here, and there will be only the healthiest amount of expletives tossed in. You have been warned. If you ain't ready, then get ready, because in this episode, we will be discussing the animated slapstick Disney comedy the Emperor's New Groove, released in 2000, directed by Mark Dindle. Yeah. What's cool about this episode is that I straight up went to Steph and said, hey, I don't really have anything planned, so just choose anything and then we'll cover it. And uh, this topic was chosen by Steph. Steph, what is it about this movie that you like so much? What is your history with this movie? I, I saw that movie. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I saw it not long after it came out. Or it might have been a, f- a couple of years after it came out. I actually don't remember. But it's freaking hilarious. I've always thought it was hilarious from the get-go. It is kind of a black sheep from the rest of the Disney movies around that time, like the, the 90s. Because Definitely. they all had that very cookie-cutter storyline. But this one is a lot different from the rest of them. Funny thing is that's actually one of the things that caused it to turn into what it is. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I actually, I have, I have a lot of uh, social media posts thought up for this one. Ooh, um, nice. And one of them is this article that I read. That was a transcript of an interview done with a lot of the cast and crew of this, of this movie. And they talk about how it was supposed to be one of those. It was supposed to be another Lion King, essentially. They wanted it to be epic. They wanted it to be serious. They wanted it to be a musical with Sting actually um, writing all the music for it. So would you consider this like the next Lion King or you wouldn't say it really reached that point? Heck no, but it was supposed to be is the thing. And it's funny because when you read the article about it, one of the things they talk about is how, you know, eventually turned into what it is. Sting was so disappointed that he didn't have characters singing his songs that he wrote and, you know, things like that. Like he wanted to be like on Elton John level with like the circle of life and stuff. Mm. I'm kind of tired of that song though, to be honest. What? How can you be tired (laughs) of that song? That song is the the greatest song of all time. (laughs) Yeah. So this, it was supposed to be called 
Kingdom of the Sun, and it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a, a little bit print, Prince and Popper. So it, was, it had you know David Spade, and it was supposed to be it, Pacha was supposed to actually be played by Owen Wilson, and they were oh, they're supposed to look alike, and they were supposed to swap places at some point. And then you have Isma, who was supposed to she she wanted to um, blot out the sun and and cause eternal darkness but also she wanted like eternal youth and beauty and there's just like a lot of elements in there in the story and it just kind of became confusing because it had you had um you had Cusco and pacha switching places you had yzma trying to blot out the sun and trying to attain eternal youth and beauty and then at some point there's a there's an incan myth where like the way that the sun you know came into existence is that someone uh roped a distant star and brought it close and so that was supposed to come into play at some point and uh, I think I don't know if it was supposed to be like Cusco or someone was supposed to try and figure out how to rope the sun and bring it and it's supposed to be like this epic thing and whatnot kingdom of the sun it sat in development and for four plus years I want to say and and eventually they you know they they developed it they developed it they did test screenings and one day they did this, it was, you know, it was like as close to finish as it was pretty much going to get. And they did a test screening and pretty much like everybody hated it. Oh, <laughs> like immediately shit. after it was done, the head of everything was just like meeting room now kind of thing. Yeah. I heard it was supposed to be like a typical Disney romantic Yeah, there was supposed to be romance in there and, and whatnot. Yeah. So they, um, they, they basically split the, the crew into two teams and was like, you know, you, you guys come up with different ideas on how we're going to fix this kind of thing. Oh, so before you get into that, yeah, Mark Dindle wasn't originally going to be the director of this movie. It started out with Roger Allers, who following the success of The Lion King, like you said, that was his directorial debut. And I mean, happens to be only the highest grossing traditionally animated movie of all time. You know, pretty big shoes to fill. That's crazy. Roger was on one of these teams and he was trying to keep it what it like what it was originally gonna be, you know, this epic story. And the other team, they basically decided to change it into what eventually became Emperor's New Groove, right? They had some time they came up with these ideas and they came back together and they pitched them and they're they're talking about in the interview that you know, Roger pitched his idea of keeping it, you know, changing a few things, but more or less keeping it the same. And then the other team was like, they weren't pitching so much a movie, but they were pitching a tone, which was what the comedy aspect of Emperor's New Groove, just kind of throwing everything out the window and going with whatever. It was pretty much in development hell. Like they didn't know what the hell to do yeah. with this movie. But when they pitched the comedy version, they had uh, like, everybody was like rolling on the floor laughing. So they were trying to be like respectful to Roger because of his, history with like the Lion King and stuff like that. And he actually, you know, was the bigger man and was like, you know, I can see where this is going. You know, I I will, you know, bow out respectfully kind of thing. Why why were they trying to split the the movie into two different parts? Well, they just basically split split everyone into two teams and they're like, you come up with an idea how to fix it and you come up with an idea and how how to fix it. Kingdom of the Sun was just not working for anyone. Not working. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, we we just need to rehaul this whole thing. Okay. Gotcha. Um, they, I guess they archive everything. And so someone from archive came up and was like, well, I need the final script. I, I need to put it into archives. And I can't remember who, who they went to, but he was like, there is no final script. And so they, they, they didn't even, they didn't even like officially archive what was considered the final script, which oh there never God. was a final script wow. until two weeks after it was in theaters. 
Oh, wow. This movie was a hot mess, basically. But it is such a great movie. Exactly. And they were just throwing everything in there, like just all the ridiculous stuff, like the stuff with the diner and the... Everything. The Because of the way this movie was there, everyone was just like, yeah, let's do it kind of thing. Well, while while I was writing my, my own notes, watching the movie again for the second time <laughs> in a row in a day, um, <laughs> nice. I thought it was actually quite interesting that the movie starts out as a narrative that like it starts out as as David Spade being Cusco and he's telling his own story. And it's kind of funny, too, because it, it periodically does that throughout the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't even really like I didn't even really realize like when they would break the fourth wall and when they would like like stop everything and stuff because it, it it was so fluid and flowed so well that it it really is a well thought out movie. Mm-hmm. After yeah. hearing everything you guys just discussed, it being an absolute muckery and mess over at the like behind the scenes and how to make <laughs> it, it's crazy because every scene. I was able to get some kind of funny note off of. Yeah. The pacing was pretty damn good for something that is so short and so fast paced. I felt like the the pacing was actually pretty well done. The way that they put it is that the writer's room, I think they were able to write so well because the way they put it is that they had nothing to lose. Except their life. (laughs) The only time they mentioned Groove is at the beginning when he's when he's when he's dancing and then he gets. I noticed that off. too. Yeah, that's that's the only time they say groove. The, to be real, I mean, it was it was originally called Kingdom of the Sun, right? And then it became Emperor's New Groove. Let's be real, that's a terrible name. It's an awful name, but it's so memorable. I I'll I, like I already know exactly like even when they did Emperor's New School, where 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 they were doing the show. Um, like that was even still kind of memorable. And you know what, if the listeners want to know more about all the craziness that went into the making of the film, fortunately it was actually documented by Sting's wife, Trudy Styler, um, not WCW Sting. It's Sting! (laughs) Sting the artist, Sting. So Trudy documented everything because she wanted to see, she just wanted to capture the process of Sting creating music for Kingdom of the Sun, right? And then um, she released the documentary film called The Sweatbox, but... um, But it captured the entire... Early process. Yeah, the original Kingdom of the Sun script. But unfortunately, Disney owns the rights to this film and somehow forgot to release it to the public. It's not that they forgot. It's that they refused because (laughs) the specific reason being because it captured all of the craziness that went into what eventually became the Emperor's New Groove. The hot mess, yeah. Yeah, and so they, frankly, they were embarrassed by it. Uh, we'll see if we'll see if they'll let me post it. I have a link to it. Ooh man, I, I'd be interested in watching it. Actually, I actually haven't mm-hmm. seen it, but I have it. Oh, you should watch before they take it down. Yeah, download it. Yeah, I wanted to watch it before this, but I didn't get a chance. There are quite a few cast members in the movie, but I'm just gonna touch on like the main four. So you have David Spade, of course, as Emperor Cusco, the entitled, pampered, arrogant, eighteen-year-old emperor of the Inca Empire. And then you got John Goodman as Pacha, a brave, loving, respected village leader. Eartha Kitt as, is it Yzma or Isma? Yzma. Yzma. So Cusco's elderly and untrustworthy advisor who seeks the throne for herself. And then you got Patrick Warburton as Kronk, 
Isma's friendly but slow-witted muscular henchman slash sidekick. <laughs> he's my favorite. Dude, he's, he's the he's best. Probably, he's probably one of my favorite characters of all time. I I have so many notes of just things he's said that I never really picked up or noticed until re-watching this movie a couple of times and yeah like like when we get to some of the scenes uh, <laughs> there's there's so many just oh he's so funny yeah. even his intro is 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 absolutely hilarious i want to say like they basically wrote the they that character for him they had him in mind <laughs> when they first started writing him and they didn't want to you know the powers that be didn't want to keep him but the writers actually pitched the dinner party scene where he was more concerned about the dinner than the poison (laughs) and and you know they they had them laughing and so uh you know after pitching that scene they're basically like you saved your character damn that's that's one of the best scenes of the whole movie hey did you see the sky today talk about blue like that shit got me that thing was so funny to me he's so funny something about that actor like his delivery is that guy's freaking hilarious. Like I went back and looked, and I have not seen. And besides the stuff that he's done voice acting for, I have literally not seen him in a single thing. I didn't watch Seinfeld. That's apparently what he's known for. Um, Early on, yeah, for I sure. haven't seen anything else he's in. What's the one that he's with his family? Like he's like he's with his family, and it's a live action show, sitcom. I have not seen it. <laughs> it's kind of early two thousands. That makes sense. But yeah, no, it's 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 him. That deep voice that he's known for. And he's also American Dad, right? I thought so. Huh. I'm not sure. Is he American Dad? We'll have to look. We'll look that up and come. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. <laughs> so the movie, of course, you know, just starts uh, with the Incan Emperor Cusco. Again, he's the rich, spoiled, self-centered emperor. And he has basically zero patience for the needs of anyone else, especially peasants. And mm. uh, he often abuses his power, throwing his weight around. Um, what were you guys thinking about the introduction? Because I feel like even David Spade's voice, kind of like you want to punch this guy in the face, and you also want to punch David Spade in the face. Yeah, yeah that's he's how super douchey. And the funny thing is that when David Spade first came on, he's like, "Oh, what you know? What kind of voice do you want me to do?" And they're like, "Just do your normal, <laughs> you know, annoying nasally voice." <laughs> kind of whiny a little bit. <laughs> <I love laughs> that, that just bench warmers, black sheep. <laughs> Just that annoying. Oh man, I I love. He is he's the perfect person for this role. Yeah, because he's supposed to be freaking annoying. Yeah, and his just his his delivery as well. Um, like the moment when he's talking to Isma after he just saw her in his chair and stuff, and and she's talking to stuff. He goes into his mind and he's looking her up and down. He's looking at her face. What is holding he's this the lady wrinkles. together? Yeah, <laughs> and then he, he ends on, oh my god, what's that? How long has that been there, dude? That is the one of the funniest the lines. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like super <laughs> zoomed in on her teeth while she's talking. Awful. Man, what's holding this lady together? That stuff got me. Dude, he immediately right out the gate fires her, huh? Because she's she's like trying to sit in his throne and command people. And um, he comes in. He's like, how many times have I told you not sit on my throne? And yep. Strip just fires her. We can't forget Tom Jones' intro song written by Sting. True. Yeah. Oh, written by Sting. so that that was supposed to be performed by Sting. Uh, I'm I'm not sure written if it was by. supposed to be, but it was definitely like all the music was written by Sting. You know, the two songs in the in the whole. What's movie. his name? <laughs> so was that supposed yeah. to be Tom Jones, that character, that little like? Yeah, that was supposed to be Tom Jones. They had Tom Jones singing. Oh my god! He's supposed to be like Vegas style Tom Jones, 
which is I want to I want to go through the movie again and just like know all the times that they step away from the timeline, you know, like Vegas, Tom Jones, the groove breaking. But I love when they had the they had all the the guards, you know, how they're all painted like half blue, half red. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're all river dancing. Mm. (laughs) But they're not even all they're not even all perfectly in time. I don't know if you (laughs) noticed that. No, like they're not no. uh-uh. all perfectly in sync. That must have been harder to animate too. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, especially because a lot of that time was was hand drawn, right? It wasn't yet. Um, yeah. Digitally, or digital ink? Maybe it was digital ink. I'm not too sure. Because nine, because uh, 2000, I feel like that's kind of the turn of when they started hitting digital ink. Pixar was barely starting to catch the world by storm. Still the mm-hmm. 90s. Toy Story wasn't the 96 or whatever. Yeah, but this has been in production that entire time. So Pixar came mm-hmm. out and released this banger of a movie. And and so now people are like, okay, well, that's an option now. It doesn't have to be hand-drawn. We can go computer uh, animation now. It's true. Yeah, Wild. it doesn't look as, as, as bad as Claymation does. And um, like how we were talking about before, they were trying to use Lion King as a template because everything after that, has been a moderate success. They haven't even been these huge successes. They haven't been able to recapture that. So the ones that came out around this time were, I think Tarzan was one of them, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and none of those really pulled in the same numbers. Hercules, yeah. Don't forget Hercules. Herc! That's one of my favorites. We got to talk about that one one day. I know. I love that movie. All those pretty much pulled in around the same, and because this movie had been in production for so long... This was actually like twice as expensive as all those movies, and it still pulled in about the same amount. So I think it only made a profit of like 60 mil or something like that. Wasn't really anything to write home about. Did you know that they hid a bunch of llamas in the movie? Oh, did they? Like little little llama stuff all over the place um, where they drink all the poison and whatnot, and she throws hers in the plant, and the plant shrivels up. Well, in the next frame, it turns into a llama. What? She goes and she chucks it into the plant. It the like plant black turns stuff into and it? stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so funny. And it, that's uh, cool. Uh, so that's and I didn't notice that until the second time that I like watched it. I was like, oh wait, that's kind of wild. Like that's a llama head. And and so they kind of give you oh, a little hints. Like what it's gonna be before he even drinks it. What was really cool about this movie was it wasn't one of those of course, you know, it wasn't like a romance story and it wasn't like an end of the world type of thing. In terms of the scope, it was relatively small. You know, it only has to be around Cusco, his empire, and then like the village outside of that, you know, other than that, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really have anything to do with anything else. The biggest thing that Cusco wants to do is like build that, that uh, summer resort Cusco Topia or whatever. Yeah. Birthday present to himself. That's, that's that when he tells Pache, he's like, yeah, you guys need to bounce because I'm just going to demolish everything and put this lavish water slide or something at the very top of it. That one made, made me laugh when, um, when Pache is talking to him and stuff and he's like, when the light hits these these mountains, like the hills just sing. And he's like, oh, okay, perfect. And I already knew what was going to happen. I don't know why it made me giggle, but I was just sitting there like, and here it comes. And he's like, oh, I just needed to know where I was going to put my pool. And he's like, huh? Pool? Just bam! <laughs> just this. <laughs> and then like, and then, I, and then I noticed that like, 
Pacha picks it up off the floor and starts putting it together, and then uh, and he knocks it out of his hand. Yeah, it smacks it out of his hand, and like <laughs> it, it like breaks again. And yeah. I don't know why I love the little animated little fine details of even seeing like the top kind of fall off and stuff as it goes out of frame. Mm. Um, it was super super satisfying, especially when they were eating too. That 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 was really satisfying too. That that was kind of crazy. And then him saying like, uh, "Woo hoo." Wait, wait. like oh, yeah. he's such a douchebag yeah it makes me so mad and like it's on purpose <laughs> like there were moments throughout the movie where i was just picturing david spade and i'm like man fuck that guy <laughs> yeah he perfectly conveyed that just like just the uninterested like i don't really care because when when pacha says oh yeah you know like we've been on the hilltop for six generations and he mentions that and stuff and like kusil's like aha okay and i care why yeah, yeah, okay. And you're not answering my question, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's oh, it's such a good movie. It really is. So what was the point of, like how you're mentioning the, the dinner scene, so what was the point of having the dinner scene to begin with? Oh. To deliver the poison? Oh, yeah, yeah, because cause Yzma at first thinks that she's going to, like, turn him into a flea. And put it in a box, in another box, another box, and send it to herself. And that whole scene where she's like, I'm smashing it with a hammer! Like, it's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant! And then she, like, smacks a piece, like, like, like a thing of poison, which will then fall into plant. Plant dies, and she's like, oh, or I could just poison him. She's making it harder on herself. She's like, I put that, that flea in a box, and I put that box in a box, and I put that box in a box, and then I'll smash <laughs> <And> then... it. <laughs> this makes no sense. Yeah. Like, Why? She just wants to draw it out, draw out the torture, I guess. Yeah. But you know what, though? And Have you ever tried to crush a flea? Those things are invincible. You try to just, like, squeeze it in between your fingers or something? My dog had fleas, and I and I can agree. Uh, my dog also had a tick as well, and those things are pretty hard to get off. Oh, man. How do you get those off? Well, when I was a kid, I used um, um, a thumbtack and a lighter, so you, like, stick the thumbtack or a needle through their butt and then you light their butt on fire and then they apparently let go through the ass it's always through the, through the ass. ass yeah it's always through the ass <laughs> uh what what did you think about the scene where uh isma and Kronk go on the roller coaster i hate roller coasters but that was a funny ass scene i loved this whole bit of like to the lair, you know, and like yeah. so he pulls the lever and then she just falls. <laughs> Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> Wrong lever. Dude, I literally wrote that down in my notes. How many times have they gone into this evil lair or whatever? And like he's he probably still forgets, like, oh shit, it's the right one, not the left one. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, but even her asking, like, why do we even have that one? It's like <laughs> hey, you never know. I think they actually use it. It actually comes in handy at one point. It foreshadows for the future, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I thought it was funny when they went on the roller coaster and Kronk goes, Yzma, put your hands in the air, dude. He's so he's so stupid and funny at the same time when he talks. <laughs> Everything he says was so funny. <laughs> Even like dresses them. As soon as they it, they get ejected, they get like dressed in the air into like their evil like scientist outfits or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What 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 else did you think of that like layer? Like, did you think it was rather 
like satisfying, like seeing like the tubes and the pink. I've always liked that for some reason. Like I've always liked the whole um, laboratory setup and like this whole like alchemist situation going on. You're basically like mixing all these like potions and whatnot. So it kind of shows you that Yzma is not an idiot, at least not completely. You know, she's not on (laughs) the level of Kronk, but she can like mix all these uh, poisons and, and whatever potions and whatnot. But why would you keep them all together? And and the fact that like Kronk mixes the label because it gets like rolled up on itself. And so it looks like a skull. Like that, that's her fault. You know, he grabbed the one that had the skull on it. He assumed that was going to be in death. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny when, um, when she finally figured out how to create the poison and she, she, she goes and she's like, all right, Crunk, here's the poison, right? Like, like here, hold it and stuff. And she's like, ooh, feel the power, Crunk, feel it. And he's like, oh, oh I, I can feel, feel it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that line too. Oh, I can feel, I can it. feel it. Dude, it's, it's such a good one. <laughs> I love the fact that he's like so enthusiastic about a bunch of shit and he's like so ride or die for her. Yeah, he and 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 we were talking, uh, uh, me and Abby, just like he's – he's smart dumb he's (laughs) like he's smart in certain parts and they show you in the movie Mm. like where he kind of picks things up very quickly and rapidly and remembers them but like he's also obviously extremely stupid but he's also a really nice guy the only reason he's bad is he's yzma's henchman he's He's gullible yeah like he's manipulated um did you guys actually want David Spade to be killed by the poison or like, were you kind of like rooting for him at this time? Like which, which side were you on? Cause it was, it was kind of like the lesser of two evils. Man. Like it's hard because since I knew how the story was going to go, like yeah, everyone knows he gets turned into a llama. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I wanted to just really look at how he got turned into the llama and, and each individual thing. And from him knocking out, like delicious. <laughs> And they're like, cool, we did it. And then he snaps yeah. back up like, oh, ah, yeah. anyway. Like, anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> did I want him to die? Not necessarily. But do I want, did I want Yzma to be in charge? Heck no. Heck no. It, it's kind of weird, yeah. huh? Like, I couldn't really choose between them. But I like Kronk. I like Kronk. Kronk should be in charge. <laughs> he was tasked with taking care of um, Cusco because, you know, he starts like popping into like certain limbs start turning into like llama parts. And and so that's when she's just like, she's like oh, you know, bash him in the head. Yeah. And he's like, more broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Even down to when, um, when he knocks him out and, uh, she's even like, ah, brilliant. Ah, wonderful crunk. Uh, uh, and he's like, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll give you the recipe that, that, that shit (laughs) killed me for the spinach puffs. You know, I, everybody loves crunk and I love crunk too. Don't get me wrong, but I have to give a shout out to Eartha Kitt. As Yzma, because she freaking kills that. She did, yeah. No, she she really did. Yeah, I don't think I I was ever at any point in the movie like hating her character or the voice actress or anything like that. Like you know, she she has like annoying voice, but it's perfect for this role. And I felt like she did such a great job. Like her and Kronk are kind of like a duo that you just love to hate on, and you you like to mm-hmm. watch like these unfortunate events happen to them. Man, Emperor's New Groove, like, like I just know if I want to laugh, I'll throw that on. Yeah, I'm glad that they did it, even though it wasn't uh, 
a big success or anything like that. I, I am glad that they decided to at least step away from that mold because obviously people are getting tired of the same old crap over and over again. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas, Punchback and Notre Dame, they didn't do uh, as good. So why would you just keep doing the same thing, hoping that, oh, people will like this now all of a sudden? I loved both of those that you just said. You know what I mean? Even though they didn't do well. I didn't realize they didn't do that well until I read about it. But apparently Disney considered those like just flops, mild successes. That's not where they wanted to be. They wanted that Lion King money. That's what they Mm -hmm. really wanted. I see. Well, I think they were aiming for that every time. But they just kept doing it over and over and over until they killed it. Yeah. I mean, you you can't have another Lion King. There, there's something about that. So they wanted special. to, like, explore other cultures and stuff. Mm. That's why they just kept doing the same thing over and over, but in different cultures. So getting back to Emperor's New Groove, uh, Yzma orders Kronk to take care of the newly <laughs> transformed llama that's sitting. The newly llamaed Cusco. Newly llamaed. <laughs> but. Kronk can't go through with the killing, so what does he end up doing? <laughs> he's like, he's trying to figure out what to do with it. You know when he, uh, when Kronk's doing his own little theme song? Did you know that, that Patrick, uh, the voice actor, that's his own song? He did that himself, and it's not in the actual theme, or the soundtrack. Oh, it's his own thing. He, he just like came up with it <laughs> yeah. off the top yeah, of his head. right he's on the spot. It. So when Kronk's kind of like creeping through the, the back alleys and stuff, um, it reminded me very much of Ace Ventura. This is the aspect that Brenda hates about those movies is like every minor task is like over the top. So he, he's supposed to walk up to this door, but instead of doing that, he like steps over the railing and he like scoots across <laughs> and he's like, he's like, <laughs> and then he like steps over like one leg at a time and he like scoots some more. And like, why don't you just fucking walk into the door? Like Brenda could not stand that. I love that part. That's, that's a favorite scene of mine because I used to do stuff like that where <laughs> it's like an obstacle you know, course. You're like, it's me. I mean, the floor is lava, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The floor is lava and the door frame or the door, like whatever is past that door is not lava. So you got to get to that door however you can. And I've even done stuff where like, where you do your like fingertips on like the top molding of the door to try and get over <laughs> and fall. Oh, yeah. I can totally fun. see that. Um, when, when Crunk throws Cusco in the water and the angel and devil pop up, that, that scene always I gets me. I love those. I don't know why I love when he's like, when he's like rule number two and he deals and does a handstand. And he's like, ha ha ha. And he's like, what does that have to do with it? No, 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 no. no wait, wait. He's, he's got a point. He's got a point. He's, got a point. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing like that one handed push up thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He's got a point. That's oh, I love that. that. That whole scene is so good. And, and then that's when he finally decides to, to, to save Cusco. And that's when it does the whole zoom out. Do you learn? Do you learn? you hear David Spade again. And then there's that like narrative part. So this movie has got like a lot going on. It's like, it's a narrative Mm -hmm. breaks the fourth wall throughout the movie, but then it's also funny. But then there's also this adventure between two perfect strangers that at the time hate each other. Yeah. It's, it almost has like this buddy cop type of feel to it. First they hate each other and then they learn to like each other and that whole trope. They call it a buddy comedy. Yeah, pretty much. So what Pacha doesn't realize is that when he's walking home, the bag that uh, Kronk had Cusco in falls down the stairs and lands on that cart. And then uh, Kronk somehow loses them. So he's just like, oh, I hope that doesn't come back to bite me. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that seems funny, too. 
Dude. And so dude. he actually comes to Cusco and he doesn't realize that he's a llama. So he's just like, wait, I know you. You're the one that uh, was asking about something back at the kingdom. And now you kidnapped me. Yeah, he starts flipping out and... He he does soon realize that he is a llama, right? Like once he like sees his hands and they're like, Hush. Pacha has to convince him because yeah. he's like, he's like, I'm not a llama. What are you talking about? And then finally, Pacha's like, Go like this, go like whatever. This. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes and he looks at the the water and he's like, Ah, my beautiful llama face, <laughs> llama face, dude. That <laughs> that part gets me too. In llama form. He's like not even really worrying about that. He's just like, I need you to take me back to the kingdom now. Pacha makes the conscious decision to actually stand up to Cusco so that he just storms off and decides, you know, I don't need you after all. I'm just going to go back to the village on my own. And uh, it doesn't really work out well for him. Dude, the forest scene when they depict that right, right out the gate, like the bug where it's like, help me, help me. It gets eaten and it goes, too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the deal with that squirrel like i didn't really get that the whole like and he's like offering that like acorn or something to him and he was just trying to be nice i guess yeah like like i was thinking the same thing i was like why why is he being so nice it doesn't make sense out in just a random jungle i feel like he was he kept testing people because doesn't he do that again to like Kronk and Yzma later on. Like he yeah. like offers them the acorn. And Yzma's like, get out of my face. He's almost like the yeah. liaison for the rest of the forest. So if you wrong him, right. then like the rest of the forest comes after you. Oh, <laughs> that's a good way to think of it. That's that true. makes sense. It was cute though. That little squirrel. <laughs> of course. I'm always down yeah. for squirrels. Like even when he like pops the balloon. He's like, eh? Eh? And he's like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Boom. That pop really loud and it didn't even wake up the jaguars like not even phased yeah david spade's annoying voice that woke him up yeah just like disney to set us up for that (sighs) and then pacha freaking comes in like tarzan was this before after tarzan (laughs) oh i want to say it was after i wonder if this was like a throwback to tarzan well because they were yeah because they the the success of tarzan was one of the that was one of the movies that they wanted to emulate why sting wanted to do all the music like phil collins did Mm, all the music for mm -hmm. tarzan Mm. Tarzan came out at 99. Also the year before, like right before. Too bad Steph hates that movie. No! Yeah, too bad. You're not invited. No. <laughs> oh, please, I love that movie. First of all, Phil Collins and all the music. Oh. Second of all, he did a song with NSYNC. Wait, wait, what? He did? He did a song with NSYNC for that movie. For that movie? They were in that yeah. movie? Yeah, mm, kind of. They were in the soundtrack. But you know the, the camping scene where um, they're destroying the... Trash in the Camp. The song is called Trash in the Camp. Was that where they're oh, like okay. drumming on a bunch of stuff? Yeah, and uh, it was actually what Rosie O'Donnell who who sings it in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they have a version on the soundtrack with Phil Collins and oh, So they weren't actually in the movie then? No. Okay, gotcha. And Phil Collins did the majority of the music for that one, huh? He did all the music for it. Oh, man. All the songs say for Trash in the Camp are him. No wonder I freaking love that movie so much. I love Phil Collins. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird that they decided to deviate from that typical mold, too. So instead of having the character sing, it's almost like you just have a bunch of musical parts in the background, yeah. right? It's interesting. You have uh, Tom Jones at the beginning. What's his name? Cusco. <laughs> Dude. Oh. It's so iconic. He doesn't really like dance again for the rest of the movie, huh? Because that isn't that the whole thing. It was like the the title is referencing the fact that he just likes to like dance around his kingdom and 
and you don't want to get in his way. Yeah, or he'll throw you out the window. After that, they don't ever talk about it, don't revisit it. It's not like he's like, how am I supposed to dance in this llama form, you know? I definitely think it's referencing his uh, his transformation. Mm. But you know what's funny is is the fact that they threw in him just, just dancing in the beginning, saying you threw off my groove, that in and of itself, I'm, I'm pretty sure it legally could just be like, well, that we mentioned it. So that's why it's in the title. Like, even if they don't do anything else Pretty with much. it, it's like, well, we mentioned it, so it's in the title. But yeah, like he doesn't dance. Brenda has this pet peeve where she hates when they say the title of the movie. Like, obviously, if it's a name, you have to. But if it's it's like a phrase, she hates when they say that in the movie. So, I mean, you know, they don't ever say Emperor's New Groove in the movie, but it's like the whole yeah. like mentioning of the groove. Yeah. Beware the groove. Beware the groove. <laughs> and then like in Back to the Future, it's like, we've gone back to the future, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I have a similar thing where I, I hate it when songs reference themselves. Like you're singing, but you you know that this is a song that you're singing? Yeah. Like when the song says like, oh, this song's for you or something like that, you know? Oh, interesting. Okay. Like when the song references itself. Oh, I see. And it kind of pulls you out of the immersion of the singer. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's in their actual song. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Where do we leave off? He comes in, like Tarzan, tries to save him. Then they get wrapped around the tree. It breaks off, they land in the river, and then they have like that waterfall line. <laughs> I freaking love that line. Oh, the... Uh, He's like, let me guess. Big waterfall? Shark rocks, rocks at the bottom? the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Booyah! Dude. <laughs> so funny. This is what I'm confused about. Does Pacha actually give him CPR and they skip the whole breathing part? Or is he about to and then he wakes up? Definitely about to. That's what I got to. Yeah. Then they like get all grossed out. But like from the looks of it, it's 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 not that close. Cusco's just being his usual dramatic self. But they're both grossed out. Yeah, I think they kind of play on, like, the homophobia of, like, two dudes, like, getting close to making out type of thing. They're like, <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's disgusting. We made eye contact, so that's <laughs> that makes it weird, yeah. That makes it weird. Don't look at me while you do that. <laughs> I feel like dudes were so much more homophobic back then. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But you could get away with it back then. You could get away with jokes, but now everyone gets mad or they get hurt or bent out of shape. It's not PC. Yeah. I like how he sets it up though, because he like takes a snout and he like opens it and then like the tongue just goes bloop and it like pops out. <laughs> He's like, oh. It was funny that um Crunk when like they're like mourning over him in the next scene, uh, because he was supposed to be dead. Mm. Um and they're and they're and they're mourning him and Crunk is is crying profusely, and I didn't really notice this, but under his breath he literally goes, He never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he forgot that he's like working against him or something yeah that's when Yzma reminds him like party's over Back to work. yeah yeah party's over they go straight into just like getting rid of stuff and getting on just just on painting her her silhouette on everything so she basically just like takes over immediately yeah immediately no hesitation because in the beginning of the movie, right, like they say something about or she she says something about um, once he's dead, then with with no heir to the throne, she would be the ruler because she's like the next she was the advisor. And nobody knows. And they, she mentions nobody knows that I've been fired except for you, me and Cusco. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of crazy? 
he is dead, right? Yeah, he's dead, right? That scene is funny too because when when she's figuring out that he's not dead and Crunk is like feeling nervous and he's like, "Oh, the tailor's here." And he and he comes up and he's like, "Oh, it's really hard to like to find clothes because I'm a, a 66 long and a 31 waist. <laughs> That's so 31? Wow. Well, I mean, like you see how he's shaped. He's shaped like an upside down triangle, right? So it's like yeah. his shoulders and chest are so freaking burly. He always gets sidetracked like he did at the with the dinner party. Yeah. He cares so more about the dinner. Even though that's like a front, he gives everything 100% every single mm-hmm. time. Like, that's just yeah, the way he is. Yeah, apparently he's that he's a good cook, too, because, you know, he did the dinner party, and then eventually he landed up at the diner, and he's cooking at the diner. <laughs> right. The diner scene is 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 a good, a good scene. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I, like, when I was doing my notes, I forgot where that scene was. I just remember <laughs> the scene so vividly but i forgot where in the movie and i know it's actually they just pretty throw ways it in. in there yeah. yeah they do it's like they've been going through this forest uh uh, uh i think pacha's given him his 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 poncho <laughs> pacha gave it his poncho <laughs> um uh because he was cold and then yeah they they just stumble across this middle of the forest jungle. diner yeah this jungle <laughs> diner um and that's after they've already like gone through the whole um um like falling down the whole cliff and all that. Didn't they also find out that Kronk had like a bunch of other skills? Eventually, Yzma learns that he's not dead, so they need to go look for him. They're going to go track him down. So Kronk's like freaking like carrying a a tent on his back. (laughs) And that's great. (laughs) We find out that he's he likes bird watching and he can speak to squirrels. Oh, yeah, I did write that down. Exotic bird bingo is is what he's playing. He was like a Boy Scout. Oh, and that's when that squirrel like offers a little acorn and he's like, uh, uh, squeaky yeah. to squeak, uh, squeak, squeak. He like knows yeah. how to talk to it and everything. He tries to offer it to Yzma and she's like, get out of my face because she just fell in the mud. Oh, uh-huh, that's right. And then the squirrel runs to Kronk and, you know, starts chittering to Kronk and he's like, he's talking back and Yzma's like, are you talking to that squirrel? <laughs> He's had a hard day. Eventually, uh, uh, apparently he had a run-in with a talking llama. And she's like, what? He doesn't even realize. But I like how um, she's like trying to eavesdrop. And he's just like, "Uh, can you back up? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you back up a bit? And like the first bit is only like a few feet. And then the next bit is like a whole half mile. (laughs) When they fell and almost fell into the alligators, uh, what did you guys think of that whole like figuring out how to like teamwork up the whole cliff and stuff? That would never I thought it was hilarious. My thought was like, what's going to happen once they get halfway up? Because then it starts, you know, separating completely apart. And so I was just trying to figure out like, how are they going to get out of this? I can tell you how they're going to get out of it. He's going to, uh, Kuzco's going to push him up because he's going to try and reach for that rope. And then they're going to eventually end up with in a cave full of bats and the bats are going to fly out and, fly them back up to the top of the cliff and well what happens is it goes to his mouth and then they blow out but then he 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 runs up the side of the cliff like i watched it a couple times and i was like how does he get up there like does he does he (laughs) run on the bats no he he like gets pushed to the other cliff and that's where he he runs on the cliff oh really so he like kicks off the other side Uh uh-huh interesting yeah but that scene um like when when potch is coming up with it I don't know why it made me laugh so hard when they were fighting and they're swinging. Like they just fell in the, oh, yeah, they're like, like the vines and other. stuff. Uh-huh. 
And when I was a kid and David Spade was like, no touchy. I don't know why that stuck with me for so long. <laughs> and he just instantly hits him. No touchy. Boom. I love attention to detail. My ADHD loves the shit out of that. I don't know why. And I pick up on it a lot. The voice acting, when they get to the top and they're both like neck and neck, <laughs> the voice acting changes. Like they actually do. Oh, what? Yeah. Like if you pay attention uh, to just like how their voice sounds while they're going up, he's, he's saying right, left, right, left, right, left. And it's, it's perfect. I mean, especially considering that they didn't actually record together. Ever. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, John Goodman actually mentions a, a point, a thing about how hard it was because he was he was just delivering lines and that was it. Oh and he was like, I would have liked to have met Eartha Kitt. That's so cool. Like, I, um, I imagine for the most part that you rarely ever record with someone else, right? Unless you really need to get some sort of like specific dynamic. Like you have, you don't have that context, but you're still having a conversation with someone who's not there. Mm -hmm. How would we have a podcast, right? Without playing off of each other. Exactly. And it's, uh, like you could, if like, like a if scripted? I sent you, yeah, yeah. Like if I sent you a script of like what I was going to read and then you just had to figure out how to read it. That's weird. They did an amazing job still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't say that enough knowing that fact. Yeah, I can't stress that enough how it's much more enjoyable to record these when we can actually all see each other as opposed to just staring at a black box that just says like your name in it. Yeah, like like in our Zoom meetings at work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a far cry from like where we first started because we started out on Ring Central and the audio quality was trash on that thing. Uh-oh. Dang, I forgot about that. The one place for all your podcast needs. <laughs> Click on the link below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking about before, all four of the characters arrive at the diner out in the middle of the jungle, and they all arrive at the same time, but yet they're almost like in uh, different areas. So it's like as soon as one person leaves, then another person walks in. And so they just keep missing each other. And I loved how they did this whole scene. This was genius. Yeah, the timing was perfect. And especially there's a one point where Kronk actually sees Pacha and recognizes him, but can't put his finger on where he recognizes him from. That conversation is hilarious when he's like, we're wrestling in high school, right? And it's just like going through all these different things. Interpreter dance <laughs> three years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> And uh, I love how they were just hassling the chef. Like the chef is just, he's fucking had it. He's like, that's it. I'm done. He just like, I'm done. He pours the contents <laughs> of the pot into a suitcase and then drops the pot and then closes it up. <laughs> see, see, and that's another thing that's like oddly satisfactory. It doesn't pool over or spill. He just, and, it, and, and I mean, it's like one frame to the other. It's like, boop. And then he even goes over to like the other side and, and like, all these little, little things closes it with one hand puts his little fedora hat on and then zips out but the best part is right after that when they start sending orders and crunk is like wait hold on uh i'm not supposed to be here oh uh and then there's and then, and then she clarifies like did you get all that honey and he reads back what whatever he remembered and he says it in, in like that like lingo like where diner it's speak like, yeah and like goes through the whole thing he's like got it I love it. I love it. And of me course. and Adam, we were talking about it. Doesn't miss a beat. He is, he's, he's dumb smart. Like, he's perfect at certain things, but he's dumb in, like, the <laughs> like the conventional way. Yeah. 
Isma and Pot or uh, Cusco keep walking in and like missing each other, and they just keep changing their orders. And he's like, "Got it, got it, will do." Again, he doesn't miss a beat. Like he's so good until the very end, where they keep saying cheese or no cheese on the potatoes, and then eventually they were like, they they both, and he's like, "Make up your mind," because he doesn't realize they're two different people. <laughs> yeah, and that was what I was gonna ask. Did, like, like, does Cusco sound like Isma? Like, is that is that like like you would have thought they like he would have figured out between the two i think he's just not he's not registering it because he's just too busy he's too busy that's yeah. right he's just taking the order he's the, yeah. he's, he's not paying attention he's not to who's, paying attention who's that's that it. okay i get it i get it now such great little details in this movie it's it's awesome i like I how he it. almost had to put his foot down and so like okay fine and then so they like go back to the table and there's that awkward scene that like 10 second scene where one puts up the menu and then like the other one puts it down and then the other yep. one puts it up <laughs> yep. i think this restaurant scene may have been my favorite in the whole movie i freaking loved everything it, about it yeah Remember when they when they crack open the bug? The fact that they crack open the bug and the steam that comes out and he's grossed out, I can like smell it too. It's it's green. Uh, so it's awful looking. What the fuck were they eating? What is that? It was a roly poly. Roly polies. Yeah, it was a giant roly poly. They just they stick a straw on it and it suck out the inside. So good. Pacha is trying to get the hell out of there, right? Because doesn't he recognize Kronk and Yzma first? And so he's like trying to warn. Well, he hears them talking about killing Cusco. And he's like, oh, shit, that's right. See, that that scene irritated me because Cusco wasn't hearing him. But at the same time, Pacha did an absolute horrible job at explaining. It was like, no, you don't understand. They're trying to kill you. I can't let you leave. And it's like this weird, crazy, like he could have just been like, I was eavesdropping on both of them literally right now and i overheard them saying you and their plan and why you're even a llama to begin with i heard it all literally right behind me had he said it like that Cusco would have been like hmm Cusco probably still would have been like oh you just want me to not go back and, you i know, guess like he so did. yeah because that's just how it had to be it had to be that way and he was just stubborn gonna be not hearing it stubborn you're right yeah like shortly after like not even 10 minutes later he was like no, Pacha, you're such a liar. And immediately he's like, oh, they're saying bad things. He <laughs> like, was what? right. And then Pacha yeah. was fucking gone. He was out of there. <laughs> like, he, he just sprinted. He was like, he's like, screw <laughs> this. Not my problem. Yeah. Yep. Which, how long did it take for them to get through the whole thing? Was it like a four-day thing? Well, it was supposed to be, but I don't think it ended up taking that long. Mm. Man, the part where Kronk finally realizes where he saw pacha freaking love oh, that scene. Man. He's just, and he wakes up and he's like that peasant didn't pay his check yeah yeah goes back to say, wait a second that peasant didn't pay his check but even when he's snoring and the little like 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 his hat has like a little ball at the tip and it's like keeps on falling into his mouth and it gets blown up and he has a tent over just his legs <laughs> yeah he has a tiny little tent over just his legs teeny tiny little tent he's got a bear <laughs> What is this movie? Man, see, it just kept getting better. So their grand plan is to pretend like they're just long lost relatives or something and they're going to go visit Pacha. Like that mm-hmm. that's what they decide is the the game plan to go with. Yeah, because yeah. he re- he realizes that that Pacha is the peasant whose cart Cusco fell onto. And so he's like, "Well, if we find if we go to the village, we'll find the peasant. If we find the peasant, we'll find Cusco." And then we kill him. Yeah, but then his line is, oh yeah, it's all coming together. Dude, that line is so funny. (laughs) 
he can say anything. It's just like the way he delivers the lines it makes it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the deep voice, really. Like when you have a deep voice, you you can and don't have a stutter like me. Like sometimes I'm trying to tell a freaking joke and I stutter and it ruins the joke. But if you can talk fast and you have a deep voice, excellent <laughs> delivery. Excellent delivery. <laughs> yeah, so they go and try and say that they're relatives and nobody's buying it. Oh, no, we're just visiting from out of town. Yeah, no one freaking believes their story for a second. All that happening when, when she's getting interrogated by the wife, the pregnant wife. Um, and She's hilarious. Krunk is over there with the kids uh, Jump playing roping. 99 Monkeys. The only reason jump roping is in the movie is because they were doing uh, uh, like a ESPN. You know how ESPN is like in partnership with Disney and they were doing a double Dutch competition. And so they wanted to put jump roping in the movie just because ESPN (laughs) was doing a double Dutch competition. Wow. That's hilarious. And that's forever in there. I mean, like even when he does the double Dutch thing with 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 both kids like that part. And he's like, this is my reverse double Dutch or whatever it is. Yeah. And Yzma comes up, it's time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny that she dropped the cup and made a pregnant woman get it. Like that joke to me me was so funny. So she's like taking forever. She's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just do the pregnant squat. What a rude thing to do. My favorite part about this was how fucked up Yzma gets kids you ready you know they trap them in the closet or whatever and then yeah, and then she's like tell me where the talking llama is and i'll burn your house down <laughs> and yeah I'll... yeah and i'll burn your house to the ground and then they're like huh don't you mean or or i'll burn your house down did you hear crunk when um when she asks him to break the door down and he goes are you serious this is handcrafted mahogany, mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she's like, I'll do it myself. And, and she gets fucked up because they open it and she gets like, she gets like flipped inside out when she slams into the, like the little half door or whatever with like the oh, bottom. Oh huh, yeah. Into a cart down the hill. They, they honey and feather her. And then she becomes a pinata. And they start beating her ass. <laughs> they're all just beating her. And she's like, croc, they're getting away. But even when she says you, you brats, I don't know why the way that she says it, I stop it, you brats. Like it was kind of satisfactory. I was like, it's, that's fun. I don't know why I like it, but She's it's great. fun. She's great. She's so funny. So, you know, they, they go through their ridiculous route back to the kingdom, right? And they're like doing like loops and stuff. And that actually, that part kind of reminded me a little bit of Goofy movie, like how they take that stupid yeah, route. Yeah, following the map. Yeah. Yeah. And I, somehow they, uh, Pacha and Cusco, they find the lab, right? Like, I guess mm-hmm. they just knew well, where it was. Cusco knew. That's why Cusco was like, Oh, I'm gonna. I mean, I need to make my way back to Yzma's secret lab because, yeah, he, like he makes it obvious that it's supposed to be a secret, but he knows about it. Oh, gotcha. Well, apparently they didn't know about the the two levers. Yeah, yeah, and that's why she was like, "Why does she even have that lever?" And then he pulls the right lever, and they're all <laughs> they all get chucked out of the roller coaster in the lab coats. And that's what we we're talking about was like how uh-huh. Kronk is. He has such that uh, a big physique, right? So you figure that Pacho is gonna be, land get in that, that spot, but they like reverse. And yeah. so it's all super taxis wearing Yzma's outfit. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And then they find a cabinet full of all the poisons that look exactly the same. And there's no labels on them. No. Which is kind of wild. There's no, that's, that's very unlab safety. Like you need to always label the bottle. Yeah. Not even the lid, the actual bottle. I, I loved the idea 
of him changing into different animals. I really like yeah. that idea for some reason. What was the point of the guards turning into the animals? And like the that one was like, can I go home? I got turned into can a I cow. Go home? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Does anyone else want to go home? And I was like, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> One one was an ostrich, one was an octopus. Uh, but like that scene, why? Like why the cow? Hey, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? Your excuse. <laughs> What's the That's point? a legitimate He's excuse. Like, that was just his excuse to go home. Yeah. What the hell? I'm gonna have to look that up and and, and see what why like what's the like what's the thing? Behind I love that? when Cusco's like cycling through all the animals, and then when he makes it back to llama, he's like, "Yay, I'm a llama again!" Yeah, <laughs> he's actually relieved. It, yeah, it, it it felt familiar all yeah. of a sudden. It's like, oh, he's been a llama all movie long, so it's like, it's only okay if he's that. But like when he's the bird, the bird was really funny. Like, yeah, we're flying. It's like <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looked like Iago from Aladdin. Yeah. I felt like a little bit. Oh, a little bit. Okay, like I see version. it. Similar, like bird kind of design overall. What'd you guys think of Isma being turned into a kitten? That was freaking adorable. Yeah, and I feel like it—it it was exactly, exactly what her personality would have been. It just a really like awful a ferocious cat. kitten. Yeah, <laughs> like this cute little kitten, but super mean. We knew one. It fit perfectly with a tight, high little squeaky voice. Yeah, and it's funny how when she fell onto it, it had the effect. So, so could Cusco have just put it onto his body instead of having to drink it, and it would have changed him into a different thing? Do you think it broke like when she sat on it, like it like snapped the vial or something? But then it would have just landed on her clothes. It wouldn't have touched her skin. Come in closer, listener. What if it went up her booty? <laughs> Glass ass. <laughs> <laughs> glass ass and then it and then when it broke it got absorbed instantly oh perfect perfect you stuff to peel out the glass shards <laughs> so when she got turned into a kid how come her voice changed but when Cusco turns into like a whale he still sounds just like himself it's not like oh I'm Cusco oh, now oh that's, that's a good point good point and other movies have done that so it I, I don't think it would have broke the immersion so yeah, that's a good that's a good question because even she says it right. She goes, "Is that my voice? <laughs> Is that my voice?" Yeah, I do love when uh when they when you know he's a whale and they dump the water and it comes out of the nose of the palace. Yes. Oh yeah. And then the guards jump in and go, "Come on, man! Nobody lives forever!" <laughs> and then they start screaming like girls at the end. <laughs> Makes no sense. I like how over the top this is. Like, they have this giant pool drain thing, and it's, like, coming out of the nostrils. And mm-hmm. there's no point to any of this stuff, but it's just funny to have. Her even yeah. jumping down, and it looks like a little, like, strand, like a booger yeah, or something, right? exactly. Just, like, dangling. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that down, too. I was like, I was like, this is, this is an iconic moment, too, where she runs up the side, and it's like... Yeah. Like, there's no, like, back and forth. Like, she runs up the side the first go. She's screaming the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) When you think about it, you kind of underestimate Yzma because she gets turned into a little cute kitten. But Mm -hmm. cats are kind of, like, the worst things to be turned into because they're so agile. And, I mean, you know, they can claw your face up. So, it's like they have, like, that built-in defense, right? So, it's not like she got turned into a goldfish or something. But she got turned into something that can actually still whoop your ass, even though it's small. And she makes use of it as best she can. Here's a question for you, Eric. What If you could have 
chosen a different animal for her, which one would you have gone with? Oh, man. I don't even know what options she had available there. You had bears, you had tigers, lions, you know, the whole oh my. So it's I, like, oh, yeah, that's true. I she guess she had everything really, like crocodile. She could have been a, a, like a, a cheetah or panther. Yeah. They're trying to crawl up the side of that like uh, temple face to get to that vial. So it's like you need something that can that can scale up walls. Maybe a goat. Wasn't it cute the way that like like when she was trying to break the bottle and it was on purpose like. Oh, she like, wasn't strong really, enough. Really light. Yeah, she wasn't strong enough. She's like she's trying to pull off the little cork and yeah, it wasn't having it. Sends it flying. Earlier when we were talking and you had mentioned um, the trampoline scene. Now here we're at that part. Like. Yeah. I totally forgot about that scene and I legitimately thought they were killing her off in one of the most fantastic ways possible straight (laughs) all the way down to just nothing. But then like the way that they send her, they send her like twice. Like they send her from, from jumping off and then they send her from, I think a different perspective, right? I think it's like Pacha's perspective and she's fucking barreling yeah, like down she, that there's lane. nothing she's in she's just in free fall yeah but when she hits the trampoline that shit was hilarious Doing shoots up like a rocket yeah i mean i i thought the same thing when they killed that old man i was like they should just murder this old guy right now yeah <laughs> right at the beginning but then they show him later on like trapped in like the the banners or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Saves them. the scene that i wrote down too was was when Crunk comes back into the scene where where he he comes out of the it's like an eyeball or maybe like 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 a freckle or something of the face, and him saying, "What are the odds of that trapdoor leading me out here?" Like, <laughs> what? It's like not yeah. even useful other than that one part. Boom. Pretty much everything happens so perfectly, right? She's about to drink the the vial, and then he just like That's slams right. it open and like crushes her. All his lines were amazing. Yeah, I, like. And I was telling Abby, like, I wish he spoke more. But at the same time, he spoke the perfect amount. We got enough of Kronk. Yeah. Kronk's new groove or whatever. It's, but is it a show or is it a movie? I, I think forget. it's a movie. Oh, I, I, I haven't seen it. But it's like, I feel like if you have the whole movie just be him doing his, his funny lines, it kind of takes away from the effect. Kronk, after seeing that movie now a couple times, mm-hmm. it just, it definitely brings me back to being a kid. I, I don't think they could ever do an Emperor's New Groove 2. Mm, no. Yeah, well, how would they do that? No, they couldn't, they couldn't recreate that same magic because all the circumstances that went into making this movie led to Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. They can't recreate, like, trying to make this movie that's not working and having it switch to a comedy and being on a really strict time limit. It was almost accidental. Like, they didn't intend for it to happen this way, but it, it just yeah, kind of worked all. out. Yeah, at all. Yeah, it really was accidental. It's crazy. It shouldn't have existed, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard it called the movie that shouldn't have existed before. Wow, that's insane. That's crazy. This movie was really, 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 really good. So I really appreciate you guys picking it. And, you know, like I was saying, this movie's not very long because we're already at the end. Cusco, he drinks the human vial. He turns back. He's mistook as a kitten forever. Did you think that for a second he was going to kind of revert back to his little piece of shit self? Or were you like, oh, no, he's he's a changed person now? When when I started seeing the change was after he realized the whole uh, nobody's that heartless after he just saves Pacha. Right. And that's that's when I started seeing the whole adventure starting to change him as a person. 
we're happy to see that he actually uh, changed his mind about Cuscotopia. And he, I mean, he still built something in that town, but he built like a little small hut that's kind of nearby so he can go visit. I think it's interesting how it wasn't even like he chose a different hill. Yes. But he also didn't even go with the lavish, Mm-mm. you know, vacation home that it was going to be. Right. A little less materialistic. It's just like a little teeny, you know, like a little pool house and a water and a water slide. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a natural water slide too, just like a waterfall that, that they were using as a water slide, you know? And did you like the way that it ended for Kronk and Yzma? Oh, yeah, him, 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 him being like a... He becomes a scout leader, whatever scout he's teaching leader. squirrel to the kids. Teaching them how to speak squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Squeak to squeak, squeak in, squeaker. And they show Yzma in there too. She's all pissed off. Like, I like what you said, that they left her as that. Like, she probably never found the human thing again, because... All the vials were gone. The only one she had was that one. All the rest of them were animal. You know, theoretically, I think if she got back into the lab, she might be able to, like, recreate it on her own. It might take longer, though. Maybe. Cusco wouldn't let her in, do you think? Probably not. Probably not. not. That's her punishment. She's stuck as a kitten forever. A cute little kitten. Do you think after a while she she might also change her ways? Ooh, I mean, if Cusco was able to change his ways, which was really sweet to see them joking together... It was really nice seeing him and and Pacha have this like weird little bro poking at each other where Cusco says, "Uh, you drugged me all over the place and it didn't it didn't sing the way you said, so I'm not going to use I'm not going to use your guys's awful place." But you know, he's being sweet and sarcastic <laughs> yeah. and then you hear yeah. Pacha like, "Uh, well, you, you know, can't win them all, but the one over next to us works." So, I don't know. And it's this like, you know, they like each other. Yeah. That's their dynamic now, right? He's going to say these, like, things his old self probably would have meant, but, like, now he's just saying it jokingly. Exactly. You hope. Exactly. Uh, I love how the his wife crocheted Cusco a llama poncho. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ponchos that was a down, fun but... little... That was a fun little... End. And then a little baby in her basket on her back. That's right. Now he had the third child. Yeah. Freaking crazy. Oh, my gosh. Another reason for birth control. No. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to have to carry a baby in a basket on your back. <laughs> I don't want to carry a baby in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wrap, folks. If you made it to the end of our podcast, then your parents just lost their home to make room for the new Cuscotopia. That's right. What? How come, how come your, your little getting to the end rewards used to be good and lately they've all been bad, dude? <laughs> you know, I want to do a, a compilation of them just to see what all I've said, because I think only some of them were actually nice. <laughs> Any final thoughts or closing comments? Watch this movie. Love that movie. Yeah, watch this movie <laughs> again and again and again. You'll see different things. Never gets old. Little details. Yeah, it never gets old. I mean, I literally watched this movie right after finishing it again. And even Abby <laughs> walked out of the room to do her makeup, and she's like, "I can't watch it again." I was like, "I'm going." Damn. To it was funny. <laughs> this movie is only like an hour and some change, so yeah, it was very short, and it's it's an hour twenty. Did you feel like it was too short or do you feel like it was the perfect length? It's perfect. I think it's perfect for the story length. Like like yeah. from 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 the beginning where you see this douchebag to the adventure where he's changing but you're also seeing just all the little things that they're getting into to then finally him noticing that he was in the wrong and and doing right by it. So I yeah. think it was actually a really cool flow, a really nice if it was any longer, if it was a two-hour movie, I would probably it get lost. Because what else more. could you put another yeah. 40 minutes into? Yeah. That was part of the argument was that when they had the two scripts of the movie, 
I think Kingdom of the Sun or Kingdom in the Sun. I forget what it was called. Kingdom of the Sun. Kingdom of the Sun, I believe. I think it had more substance to it, but it wasn't going to be as fun as this one. And I think this one is just going to be like nonstop comedy, you know, slapstick comedy. Um, Aside from that brief slowness with like Pacha's family, them kind of like just hanging out at home. I thought that was a little slow, but everything else was just nonstop. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looking over my notes and stuff, it, it like there was a lot going on. There was a lot of dialogue that was really funny. And if you didn't, if you didn't catch it, it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, it was a, a different tone than a lot of the other Disney animated movies around that time. So, do you oh, guys yeah. prefer the focus on comedy over the typical romance storylines? Ooh, um, I can't say I prefer one over the other because I mean those. Those romances of my childhood are, are all about the nostalgia, you know, and I, you know, I love Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and, and I love Tarzan. And then there's Emperor's New Groove. The black sheep, <laughs> the black llama. And and then they start doing a little bit of both, right? Like, you know, having the humor and the, the comedy, like Tangled. And... I, I kind of like the variety, you know, it doesn't need to be the same yeah. uh, cookie cutter storyline every single time. Exactly. I, I don't. In my opinion, I don't like tearjerkers, Disney movies, because they do them hyper well. (laughs) Like, it sticks with you well, type of... Like traumatized for life? Yeah. Um, Was there anything that you guys wanted to recommend, Fillmore TV? Uh, Recently, I finally watched Sandman. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, I don't know if this is much of a recommendation since I'm like the last person to have seen it, but it was really good. If you haven't seen it, watch it. The show that I've been pretty fixed on um, obsessively, or at least like binging, um, is definitely Peaky Blinders. Oh, that's Um, a good one. Just everything about it. The acting is really good. Mm. Um, The main actors is, is really good. And even... Uh, some of the behind the scenes of them explaining how uh, I forget what his name is, Tommy, like he like like the main character. What is his name? Um, is, is it Colleen? Oh, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Thank, thank, thank you. That that's how you say. It. Well, he 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 walks a very specific way on purpose to look bigger. Was it a study that I saw or something about it? Basically saying that there are certain things that people do to look in power and that's one of them that's a technique do you have anything going on with yourself these days i mean just just my own business um doing pc repair pc building uh basically you know if you need something done i just spent six or seven hours with my brother last night tinkering and tuning his computer to the absolute best that it could be so we had surprising results both with temperatures and just fluidity of playing the game no sputters no divots in 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 frame rate and so it was a very very good experience after tinkering with it so i like doing that stuff it's my favorite thing is there anything that you kind of specialize in um i mean i specialize mainly in building but i'm also doing um repair and troubleshooting so if you like need like virus removal too because everyone clicks on something bad at one time in their life and then it never goes away and I've seen those things enough to know which one shouldn't be there. How can they reach you? Oh, uh, well, I have an Instagram. I have a Facebook. Um, and I also have a website. It's called uh, tobytechsolutions.com. 
built it myself from the ground up with no education or help. So it's kind of been a wild journey and ride making all this stuff with no help. So yeah. Toby is T O B I I tech solutions. Yeah. Yeah. With two, with two eyes instead of a Y, but awesome. Thanks for asking about that. Of course. Yeah. Nice little plug for yourself there at the end. I appreciate it, man. Cause thanks for having, uh, you come on the show and uh, just make it that much more enjoyable to listen to that much more lively oh you guys are always a blast to talk to i love the things that you guys say and and your guys's dynamic too is also fantastic and i love watching you guys talk all the chalk <laughs> <laughs> and it's always fun having you on the show well thanks dude we'll have you on again yeah definitely cool yep. man yeah let let me know hercules when... Ooh, hercules dude that was a good one <laughs> that's my favorite one see that's got singing in one. it and that's true they're singing in it some of those songs stuck in my brain <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> forever i love that one too affliction autos podcast is available on all of those fancy streaming services you folks like to use New episodes drop on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. If you enjoy our content, go ahead and leave us a nice review. It will be much appreciated. And go check out Toby Tech Solutions on socials or his website, www.tobytechsolutions.com. Thank you, Mucho, to the listeners out there for joining Ryan, Stephanie, and I. This has been Affliction Autos Podcast, Episode 24, The Emperor's New Groove, and we'll see you all next time. Later. Boom, baby. <laughs>